Welcome to the Data Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony J. Algeman. Data is everywhere in our businesses and it takes leadership to make the most of it. We bring you the people, stories, and lessons to help you become a data leader. Today, we welcome Dora Busias. Dora is a strategic thought leader, passionate about organizational transformation towards data-driven culture, with expertise in enterprise information management and enterprise solution architecture. She specializes in leadership with enterprise-wide reach, including work at global organizations such as Stryker, GE Capital, and Prudential. Her industry experience includes financial services, healthcare, medical technology, and retail. Dora, I'm so excited to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. I'm so excited to be here as well. And I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we've gotten to know each other. Uh, we've known each other through conferences over the last several years, and it's it's you know we'll have conversations here and there, and so it's it's great to have you on the show. And and like I do with many of our, our first time guests, is is why don't we just take a few minutes and why don't you give the the guests at home or the um the audience at home um you know some background on your career, your story, and kind of what you're focusing on now, and and what motivates your career, and and where data sort of plays a role in all that. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, so I've been in IT for a long time, 25 or so years, but, you know, I think of myself, as I say, like a business technologist, <laughs> technologist, because for me, it's always about connecting back to the business, but I've been in this for a very long time. I've had exposure to different industries, like you mentioned as well earlier, most of it is in finance and now medical device. Um, and I've pretty much played every role you can think of in terms of being in IT. I actually started as a Cobo mainframe programmer. Nice. Many different technologists, and I really appreciate that experience, sure. But anything from requirements to design to development to support, program project management, the last 15 or more years, I've really focused on enterprise architecture. <laughs> Because uh, I really am very passionate about having a really strong foundation. I've been working mostly for different sites, but a lot of global large companies. You get complex systems. So how we make sure that we bring all, all that together, enterprise architecture, and always, always being very passionate about how good the data is around those proxies in our systems. So I was fortunate um, uh, to have the opportunity to go deep into the data space, enterprise information management, uh, mm. governance, stewardship, MDM, analytics, all of that good stuff. So you were doing, and, and you started out much more on the technology-centric side of things. You're a programmer. You're doing that. Yeah. Was there a moment where you were like, I want to take this more in a strategic direction. I want to do more with the business. How did you make that transition? What was it about that that called out to you? Right. So um, I did start more as a program, but even when I was a programmer, I usually, I used to wear a lot of different hats. For me, it was always important that not just the program and creating the application, the software, whatever it is, but... Uh, that it all had a really good, solid foundation. So I've always been driving with an architecture mindset, but it also meant, you know, what is it that the business is trying to do? So I would always gravitate asking that question, uh, working with the business folks and other folks in IT. And throughout my career, as I got exposure to uh, more complex uh, ecosystems, if you will, 
um, that's when I, I realized, uh, too, that, look, the more complex this is, this is there to enable us, enable our business. So it's not doing IT for the sake of IT. It's really what is it that we're trying to solve? What is the business problem? And then pulling those IT skill sets um, along with it to, to progress it. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there a particular time? Um, I think it was kind of like always there, but maybe midway in my career, it's probably, like I said, about 15 or so years ago is when I was I started doing enterprise architecture. And for me, EA, it's kind of like in between business and IT, mm-hmm. right? So yes, you speak the IT language, you pull on that, but always again, back to connecting it to real business value and understanding what we're trying to do. So with enterprise architecture, this is something that I've talked about in, in different contexts, not too much on this show in particular, but I feel that it, enterprise architecture may be a lost art in a lot of organizations. What's your reaction to that statement? Is that true? Is that something you would disagree with or, or where do you stand on that? Yeah, I can see that to say that it's a lost art and you know, what I'm finding a lot of times, uh, some folks when they're thinking about enterprise architecture, mine directly goes into the technical part of it. The solution and going, especially these days, how do we go to the cloud and bringing in shiny tools? For me, enterprise architecture, I mean, starts again with the business, right? It's about the business capabilities and processes. And it's about understanding the data that, you know, feeds our our systems and our processes. Technology comes uh, after that. And I think, yes, there is a misunderstanding about what EA is, what it tries to do. I think part of that is because, in my experience, folks kind of tend to gravitate to, let's just go build a solution. Mm-hmm. And here's where enterprise architecture says, well, wait, wait a minute, let's just look at this end to end because typically things are getting built through a project. And if you look at this end to end, you might realize outside of the scope of this project, two, three steps down the, the, the process flow, there might be impacts. So mm-hmm. let's understand that. And again, I, I sound like a broken record almost, but what is the business capability? What is it really that we're trying to solve before we go figure out what we need to build with our tools and build a technical solution. If we don't understand that as well, it's very possible we use the wrong tool for the wrong reason. So taking a step back and, and, and understanding that it's important. And uh, I, I'm, yeah, not everybody starts from that perspective. So uh, from, from that perspective, to your point, kind of a lost art. So not in a science too, by the way, I'm sorry to to continue this, but I think that's the other thing about EA. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it's both a science and an art because a lot of it, <clears throat> because it's the kind of mindset that it's not the most common out there, I think, and we always have to have the conversation about why is it important to just take a moment and understand the end-to-end picture. <clears throat> that takes a lot of uh, communication skills and influencing and just making the point in a way that whoever the audience is at the time resonates with them. Right. And what I probably should have started with uh, before discussing whether it was a lost art or not is what does an enterprise architect really do? Like, what is the fundamentals of that role, kind of broadly speaking, in an organization? Yeah, I think it's some of what I mentioned. So basically, um, our, our 
our organizations are complex. In so many years right now, most the way we work, most uh, efforts out there involved a lot of different systems, cross-functional efforts, uh, many different processes and systems. So an enterprise architect really is how do we pull on the best practices out there to pull that together, how we architect it in a way that can solve our issues now, but can also sustain for the long term. It can flex and it can scale. And it looks at that, again, not just from the technology perspective, but, I mean, there's different ways that people have have uh, defined DA and A pillars. Very simpler one way that I think of it is, you know, starting with the business capabilities and business process, that business architecture. Data is very important. Yes, the technology. Yes, the solution, the infrastructure. And then even if I think back to, um, I'm thinking of our friend John Sackman there, right? Oh, kind of yeah. like answering all of those questions that what, when, why, how, you know, what layers. So bringing all of that together, making sense out of it so that we set that that solid foundation that can flex and scale um, and be there uh, to, to enable the, the processes that, that you know, that, that, that we're building for at the time. Yeah, it, it it reminds me John Zachman, who anyone who doesn't know that name and our and our listeners uh, is is largely considered one of the the fathers of enterprise architecture and has the the Zachman framework is famous. I got to meet him uh, for the first time it was several years ago now at an enterprise uh, data world uh, conference, and I sat in on one of his sessions. He sat in on one of my sessions, and I got an an autograph like Zachman framework. Uh, you know, diagram that I now have framed and and mounted in my office at at work, and and I think about that, and I and it's right next to the whiteboard, very intentionally, oh. because I know that thinking in that kind of structured form is is easily forgotten in our world of rapid development and DevOps, which I'm a huge advocate for. Don't get me wrong, I really like that stuff. But I also think that there is something to be said for coordination, especially in the at the enterprise level. There are so many things to either be amplified and uh, leveraged at scale and, and creating synergies and, and things like that when done well, or the amount of cost and complexity that you don't need to incur if done improperly. Um, enterprise architecture, I mean, from everything that you were just saying, I'm like... You just described data leadership too. Like, like this is this is the kind of thing that we're doing all the time, and yet it's a different term. It's I think a a, a term that has been around a lot longer than the the notion of data leadership. But we're talking about the same stuff, and this stuff is really important. And I think it naturally leads me to a question that I want I want to ask you as you wear your enterprise architect hat. How does an enterprise architect interface? with data governance? Like, how do those two things come together? Right, yeah. And one of the main pillars of enterprise architecture is enterprise data architecture. Actually, enterprise information architecture mm -hmm. is how I prefer to, to refer to it. Um, I think work very well together because from the data governance perspective as well, and when I say data governance, I include data governance and data stewardship, right? Not just sure. the policies sure. for what we do, but actually really the the stewarding to the integrity of the data what it means understanding what it means um so again it goes back to we need to understand that 
right? And then when we're pulling in the enterprise information architecture, we're thinking about the data. How does it flow end to end? You know, what are the interdependencies? Where should we go get it from? We cannot really successfully answer those questions with confidence unless we understand, well, what does this data mean? What does it enable? How do we use it in our day-to-day process, in our day-to-day, you know, lives, right? And some of those questions or a lot of those questions, data governance and stewardship will help get those answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think they're very, very, uh, uh, very close related. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the other thing I wanted to say, Anthony, uh, you know, with enterprise architecture, one of the things that I've seen in my experience, whenever we have a big program out there, a big solution, you mentioned coordination before. Where I see things break is usually around integrations, where downstream does not get what they think, what they expect to get from upstream, upstream things that they give downstream what they want. So again, if we don't talk to each other, first of all, if you're going to speak the same language, meaning that data, right, mm-hmm. that gets integrated, if the meaning is not consistently understood and we know what we're going for, we're going to end up with those integrations. So from an EA perspective and a data governance perspective, I think working together is making sure that, you know, we're taking a moment to just understand what that is, and be proactive about it and not address it as a, after we went live with a program, it broke because we didn't think about it because we never took the moment because we just tried to just solution builds at the, at the technical uh, layer. Yeah, and in and, and, and absence of enterprise architecture, I think we, we see things start to become more fragmented. Because when I think enterprise architecture, I'm thinking like you care and have purview uh, around data governance. You have purview around functionality and technology systems. And then you also have an influence and responsibility towards business process and the outcomes on the business side. And so you you sit at a level where you can coordinate those effectively because you have the right kind of vantage point. If we don't have somebody who's taking that kind of macro view across the entirety of all of those things, I think we have a tendency to think of data governance as, well, data is important. So data governance is important. So we got to do good data governance. And then we forget how to connect it to all that other stuff. Like we start, it starts to spin as this like thing for its own existence, which leads to to bad outcomes. And so in, in your experience, because you have this um, purview across these different uh, functional domains, what does it take to be successful with enterprise data governance? And and how do you leverage um, the strengths from those different areas to support all of those areas. Cause I think that's the funny thing about these things is like we fragment them in terms of functional responsibilities and job titles and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's not like you have a terrible technology development organization and a, an awesome data governance organization. Probably it's all going to be bad at that point. Like it's, it's, it's how do we do things collectively? And I think you made a great point around integration being that part where things break. I would argue that that's the part where we measure what's breaking and we see what's breaking, but oftentimes what caused it to break are breakdowns in these kind of core functional silos that we, that we tend to have. Yeah, absolutely. So what does it take to your question? You know, what does it take to be successful? Definitely that coordination and communicating and collaborating and coordinating across these end-to-end solutions, it's it's top of mind for me. Um, but because we're talking about enterprise data governance, 
Um, I'm sure you two have heard, we know of programs starting, getting the momentum and kind of failing. We need that executive sponsorship. There's many efforts that start bottom, bottoms up, but you cannot just continue that way. I think we need the executive sponsorship. Um, otherwise, we will kind of fade and falter over time. But it also takes, you know, if I go with the cliche, people process technology, it takes people, but it takes also having the right people in the right role. Mm-hmm. So um, if it, let's think about this for a second. If I have two programs and everything is the same, same technology, same data, uh, you know, all all equal and people are good, but if the people are not in the right roles, the right skill set in the right role, that's, I think we're going to see a difference there. So that executive sponsorship, having the right skills for the right role, using the right enabling technologies, I tend to say the right tool for the for the right job, right? And there are mm-hmm. enabling technologies specifically for data governance and data management, data quality, things like that. Um, it takes, you know, it takes investment in all of this. Uh, this is not a trivial effort. I think that's something else that folks sometimes underestimate. And to me, uh, understanding too that this is a journey, this is a program. This is not a project where, okay, we're going to do data governance today, we're done, you know, six months or 12 months later, we're done. I mean, it's an ongoing program um, and understanding and planning for the, it's also uh, critical to success in, in my mind. Um, and, and just really, you said something before about, uh, the agile world that we live in, right? So it's somewhere where we have to balance it all. We can't just totally forget those foundational, like back to the basics, right? We cannot forget those, uh, factors. We have to balance it. Obviously we need to show quick wins, uh, in order to get the momentum, but, but, Um, you know, put that thought leadership in there and have the discipline of pulling in these basics in order for this to continue showing success for uh, the longer term as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's more things there, but I think think these come top to mind for me as as very critical. Um, Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously the the motivation, we talk in data leadership about mm -hmm. data value all the time. Like we talk about, okay, how are we driving these meaningful changes in the business? And, you know, how do we ensure that our actions are ultimately you know, resulting in things that are beneficial, hopefully in the end, and, and that, that all this work around data can like lead to true business impact, some business improvement. Um, you talk about, you know, driving with a, a business data purpose mindset. What yes. do you mean by that? And what, how do we start to do that more? Right. Yeah. This is actually, I gave a talk, I think last year, uh, um, the topic of which was the well, it was data at the heart of your business requirements because it was identifying towards like a business analyst community. Mm. But what it means driving with a business data purpose mindset, um, again, as we're, I was referring to business analysts, I was referring to requirements. It's not just about looking at requirements. Okay, typically you have the requirements. Maybe you have a list of different data attributes and then we go and build. Maybe we'll do some mappings. But if we don't understand the business context of that. And for me, it's going back, working with the business and really getting down to the bottom of it. Why we want to do what we want to do? You know, is this what we really need? Sometimes 
to tell me if you've seen this yourself or if you haven't, but I know I've seen cases where, you know, we're getting requests to do something, right? Or there's an idea there, but sometimes you just got to think it through even more and you got to trigger that to really understand what is it really? You know, even if I ask for a, a KPI, well, why? Why that one? What is it going to drive? What is the business value? What is it going to help us measure, right? So what is the business context? And then what is the purpose for that data before we go ahead and, um, you know, build with it and find after the fact, well, that's not really what we needed anyway. So by answering, by understanding the business context, which is required to answer the question, what is the purpose, the business purpose for this? I think that's critical. And that's what I mean by driving the business data purpose mindset. That's, I mean, that's just music to my ears because yeah. like that, I, I, I think about like, I, I often think like people will ask for whatever they're going to ask for. They're going to have ideas of what they want to use and ideas of how it might look. And like, I hate the term requirements. I, I talk about right. that elsewhere. I hate the term requirements because it's, it's so hard and it's so one directional. It's like, give me this. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Like what I like to do is start to create this, this notion of a, a true collaboration. And, and one thing that I, I talk about sometimes that I think really aligns with what you're talking about is, is pushing beyond the interesting, which means I want to go beyond just stuff that you're like, oh, I'd like to know this and say, what is it that I could tell you that would lead you to doing two different things? Like, what is that point? When do you decide to go option A versus option B? Because if we can get to that level of clarity, then not only can we provide you that, but we can automate that. We can actually create the action then. If we can get to that level of clarity. Now we always we can't always do that. But that's where it's like why not shoot for 500 and get 400 instead of shooting for 100 and getting 80. Like that to me is is where if we can be in a proactive mindset with the people that are, are stand to benefit from whatever it is that we create for them then we will all be better off in, in the end. And I think um, what I would, I would, I, I have this idea. It's been percolating in my head for a while. I've talked about it here and there, but it's, it's this notion of driving governance and driving, um, you know, architecture types of decisions by, by the builders, by the ones that are, are creating technology and, business process and outcomes versus those that are, um, you know, simply trying to, uh, like take care of the asset or the, the data itself. Like where have you found success or challenge in orienting data governance, transformation, organizational change from a technology organization versus more on the business side who are clearly know the business outcomes better, but may not be as aware, kind of coming back to this notion of the requirements and that stuff, may not be aware of what is possible on the technology side or what it takes to produce what they're thinking about. Like there's two different ways to do it. And I think every time we try to say, well, let's just do it in the middle. There's not enough people in the middle to really get that foothold to make either happen. So which one should we do? Should we drive this kind of stuff out of the technology org or should we drive it out of the business org and whichever one we choose, how do we pull along the other? I think that's the right. question I'm going for. Right. Well, first of all, I just want to comment a little bit about requirements and how you don't like this term of requirements, user stories. It's kind of like IT, but IT is the business too, that that, that argument, right? Mm -hmm. It's But it's the term that we use. So let's, you know, it's what it is that we're trying to do. Sure. So I think you've, 
kind of said it before, and I agree with you, it, it really takes that partnership collaboration working together. Now, because we have to have some kind of a structure to recognize things and then always need to fold in that collaboration, coordination, transparency, understanding, and we can talk about the cultural transformation as well. But because we have to have some more structures, I would say that the better place for data governance specifically, I would put it in the business because it really, again, it goes back to, you know, we're not doing data governance for them for the sake of data. This is about our business, yeah. right? What is it that we're, you know, what are our business pain points that we're trying to solve for? How is data and the technology and all these other things going to help us solve for that? And it starts with just getting that understanding of what is this? How are we using it? What is the meaning of it, right? What is it going to help us do? And, and back to the previous point, you know, asking those questions and sometimes to get to that, it's, it's kind of like the five whys, right? Don't just take whatever you hear to really get down to the, to the root of it. Kind of like ask almost the five whys, you know, a different way and depending on the audience and everything. Uh, but that's where I know we're fighting a lot of things here, but I mean, that's another skill that it's really important for how we communicate. How do you get people, how do you get that out of people's heads? Right. Mm-hmm. By by asking the right questions and, and working and collaborating with them. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I, I really feel like at the end of the day, if we have too much technology led data work, it tends to spin off into a lot of minutia with limited value. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff happening. It kind of comes back to to the earlier point I made around it, like pushing past the interesting. It's kind of a different flavor of that. It's it's really like we can create tons of metadata. How much of that metadata is actually anything anyone cares about? Very little, right? And like yeah. the hardest metadata to extract is the stuff in people's brains. And that we don't even know where to put that half the time. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Like, that's the part that really matters. It's the story. It's not about data. It's about the story. Business has that story. And I'd rather focus my energies on giving business the right tools and the right training and the right, like, here's how you take what's in your head and put that into a place other people can use it. That seems like a better path in an aggregate than saying, hey, technology people, figure out all the business and put it into the tools, you know, well, like that is probably an oversimplification, certainly. But like, I think if we have to pick one, I think I have to agree with you is that you you have to have that 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 leadership from the business side, because ultimately they are the ones who are are, are creating those things that are measured with data, but aren't fully and completely represented by data. And that like I've, I've often talked about, like data being the closest thing we have to truth in an organization, but mm-hmm. it's not the same thing as what's actually true. And I think the business really represents what's actually true. Um, certainly more than, than the technology org is, is able to. So I think conceptually yeah. that, that all makes sense. And I would tend to agree with you. So, yeah. Oh, go ahead. My, my question is then how do we do that? <laughs> like, how do we, how do we actually achieve that? And how do we start to measure the right things? Or how do we start to, um, You'll get an organization that is focused on business outcomes, which is probably what an organization should focus on. But how do we get them to start thinking about data more proactively as something to manage versus just an output from the business stuff that they're doing already? 
Yeah, exactly. You know, and when you just said managing it, it not not just processing that data, mm -hmm. right? It's not about creating the data mappings across the solutions and just having a whole lot of that data go through the pipes, right? But how do we manage it? How do we start doing that? I'm going to go back to what I said before, which I think it's really critical to have the right people in the right roles. Yeah. I, I've, uh, you know, at some point in my career, I came across a situation where a very competent person and everything but was um, put there to lead enterprise data governance for the organization. Well, very competent, very intelligent, hardworking person, but they were very tactical operational mindset they were not in the right role mm -hmm. so uh there is a lot of education you know going back to data literacy and data leadership there's a lot of education to get people to understand why is this important for us to do it what does it mean but it takes it takes someone that has the the personality if you will has the vision has the influencing skills has the resilience to keep pushing against the status quo because mm -hmm. that's another thing that we need to manage with an enterprise information management or enterprise data governance, whatever we call the program, right? Mm -hmm. Typically, organizations, they've gone in different silos. And typically, we're getting into those issues where we don't speak the same language, we can't really integrate, we say, oh, we need data governance, we've got to speak the same language, right? Um, so... Um, it, it, it needs to go, it needs to go uh, back to that. And you need the person to, with a status quo, when people have been used to doing it in their silos, right? Mm -hmm. And they have their own goals, right? How do we make people to come together, work together? Which brings me to another point, still answering your question there, how, how do we start measuring it? How do we, uh, how are we uh, successful with this, if you will? Another point is having those measurable goals, you know? Um, once we have the leader with a vision of the resilience, we do have then to have the more execution, focused execution, operational minds. We have to have the right tools to help us as well. But all of that, and we have to connect it to the business value, like we said, but how do we measure it? And how do we make sure that, um, you know, it's not just a nice to do if I have time, but it's somebody's measurable goal to do data stewardship, for example, which is, you know, a component there of enterprise data governance. I think that's pretty instrumental as well to the success of the program, along with executive sponsorship behind it to back it up um, and, and the other um, things that we talked about. Yeah, I, I'm so happy to hear you talk about metrics around stewardship. And it's like, well, too often I hear the data governance folks out there and not quantifying the work that they're doing. And I'm like, guys, we're missing a huge opportunity here. Like we can, we can not only get better at what we're trying to do ourselves, but this can also be a great example to all the people that we're working with that we're trying to get them to become more quantitative and what they're doing as well. And so that is that mentality. I, I love to see because that, I've seen a lot of well-intended folks say those words, but not take it any further. So what kinds of actual metrics do you like to implement in you know, either a data governance context or even just an enterprise architecture uh, uh, context? Because we have a lot of people that talk about data on this show, but I don't have a whole lot of enterprise architects by trade on the show. So I really want to make sure we extract as much of that EA specific um, perspective as as you can uh, uh, through through that set of responsibilities you have as well. 
Right. So around metrics, well, the first point, we talked about measurable goals, right? And that means that we have very clearly defined roles, responsibilities with measurable goals. And it's not a, it's somebody's part of somebody's job. It doesn't have to be the entire 100% of what they do, hmm. but it's something that it's measured. It's, and it's, you know, there's performance objectives around it. Now, specifically around the metrics, I mean, there's a lot of different metrics, right? With data quality, obviously, we can we can benchmark ourselves and measure over time from a data quality perspective how we're doing. Uh, or, you know, if we go more to enterprise architecture, we can have metrics around, you know, how many integrations do we have break before we were doing this and now after, right? But then those are metrics. I think the the more telling, especially to the business and the leadership, are Tracking over time too, well, with all of that that we're doing, have we actually moved the needle, right? What are those KPIs that we were, we, we said we were going to actually impact because we understood what it is. We were solving for a particular specific problem. Okay, that problem, what does it relate to? What strategic goal? What, what KPI is behind that? So if we start doing all of this and we keep tracking them, tracking at the same time, how has that helped us actually uh, you know, go forward with whatever that KPI is, you know, has it helped us with um, getting less compliance about our products, for example, right? And with enterprise architecture, you asked about that specifically. I mean, that could be another metric as well, right? If we're having all these different needs, how quickly, how quick are we to flex our systems to scale us right? Because we've got that solid foundation. And then are we, for example, getting uh, less customer service complaints because, you know, we have of this through, we are providing a better customer experience, our products don't break. I think it's all connected, but we do have to be specific. So in each one of our organizations, each one of our industries, I think it's important to take the time to understand what exactly are we trying to target? And that kind of backtrack for that, I think, pulling it to these foundational best practices, if you will, and then measure it along the way to actually show, is it really hitting the mark? Because if it's not, that's another thing. You reassess. Maybe this is not what we needed to, you know, to be working on, right? So, so let's reassess. But how can we tell that without having the specific um, uh, metrics and tracking them to, to tell us if we're on the right track. Oh, that's, that's awesome insights into like implementing metrics. And you, you sparked a thought in my mind, because I've talked about how do we establish metrics and, and just doing the calculation seems to be tough enough a lot of the time. But I, then I think about, okay, we're in an organization and we're, we're fighting the good fight, trying to get more quantification and we're doing our data governance and we're starting to make some inroads and, and all of that. But we still have this challenge of how do we get people who are not accustomed to managing anything quantitatively, how do we get them to pay attention to the metrics and start changing how they listen to data and start doing something new. What what advice do you have for trying to get somebody to turn the, an, an organization to turn that corner to become more quantitative and pay attention to these metrics that we've now started to create? Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. It is not uh, it's not an easy thing to do, and not everybody this everybody's fault goes directly to it. I think. 
uh, like a lot of other things, it's making it a specific goal and really put the it, it, putting the effort behind it, like investing in it. Mm-hmm. Just like with everything else, if we're saying we want to be more quantitative, okay, that's a goal. So okay, how we're gonna how we're gonna organize ourselves around getting there? The same thing with enterprise data governance. We talk a lot about culture transformation and changing people's habits. Okay, this is not gonna happen by itself. How do we actually? specifically invest in that goal. What is it going to take? Um, you know, and, and what is it going to take is getting in the right people. Again, what is it that we're targeting, right? What are those phases that we want to hit? Because nothing is going to happen overnight. And that's another thing I think to understand. None of these things are happening overnight. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes resilience, right? So I think Treating it as a very specific goal and organize it as, uh, I'm not saying, you know, like having a, a very intentional effort behind it that we measure, there's, uh, you know, that's how we'll do it. And there's different ways, different frameworks out there for how we do that, you know, not to get into that detail, we could, but simply put, just being intentional about it. Well, and, and man, that's, that is good advice for a lot of things is to be intentional, you know, just to yeah. say, Hey, this stuff needs to be important. And if you have some of those core things like executive sponsorship and they hear in, in real sponsorship is, is being able to commit ideas or resources towards achieving an end. It's not just saying, yeah, we're, we're on board with this. It's, it's actually some commitment, right? And so having that intention and, and following through with it and, and finding a way, I think is, is all, you know, great advice, whether you're trying to become more quantified in your data uh, governance organization, or you're trying to establish some enterprise architecture practices, or you're simply trying to think about how you're managing budget, leave anything. Right. So like that's, um, I think that's in- incredible advice. So we only have a couple minutes left. And so, so I, I want to play it back to you. Like, Okay. Any topics we missed? What else do you want to say before we run out of time? Because I feel like I've jumped around, and there's been a couple times where we're like, I wanted to say something else. I'll open it back up to you. What do you? What? What? What part do you want to um, reemphasize before we uh, before we wrap it up today? So it's actually right about what we were talking. I think the other critical thing is just communicate. We may be doing great things, but if we don't communicate for the war to go out there to show the value, what is the value? Um, it, it, you know, we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot, so to speak, right? We're not making the progress that we could make. For me, it's like, you know, location, 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 real estate. For me, it's like communication, communication, communication. You just can never have enough, whatever that takes. Showcase it. Let people hear about it. Let people understand. There'll be spark. They'll come up with more ideas. Hey, need the help here. And this, I think, is going to help as well to just be more pervasive across the organization because especially talking about larger organizations, there's so many thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of systems, processes, right? Relationships, all of that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of different ways and different ways too, different forms to put it out there. But when we put it out there, again, being intentionally and very clear, right? Uh, here's what it is. Here's what we did. Here how it's helped us, right? How can we help you? Put it out there. Communicate. Yeah. That I, I couldn't agree more. That's that's awesome advice. And I think that's a great place to close. And and I just uh thank you for sharing your wisdom and, and for being on the show today, Dora. It's been it's been awesome having you. Anthony, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much. Uh Truly honored to be on here. Thank you for the opportunity. And hopefully uh this is helpful to some folks out there. And 
Oh, it, it no doubt will be. So thanks again. And, and thank you all for watching or listening today. In the show notes, you'll find useful links and more information about today's topic. Follow Data Leadership Lessons on YouTube and wherever you get, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out my book at dataleadershipbook.com and use promo code AlvinDL at Dataversity Training Center for 20% off your first purchase. Stay safe during these unusual times and go make an impact.